Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders. We're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. My name's Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach, usually here with David and Tim Barton. David's America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. Uh, today, I've got a special guest for you, Neil Mammon. We're going to be talking about what is happening with, uh, with well, with, with, with fi- trying to find good churches, right? I mean, everybody, I get this all the time, everybody... Uh, seems to be, not everybody, okay, there, there are a lot of good churches in America. In fact, at Liberty Pastors with Paul Blair and all these other groups, pastors are getting trained, they're getting equipped, they're doing salt and light counsel, or they're doing family research councils, uh, community impact teams, or, uh, you know, My Faith Votes, Faith Wins. There's all these great organizations out there equipping churches, firing up pastors. So so I shouldn't say everybody, uh, but a lot of people don't have a church like that. They don't have a pastor like that. Their pastors out out there, you know, buying into the whole all the BLM lies and 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 all of the woke stuff, and they're and they're tired of it, and or their pastor just refuses to speak to the issues of the day, actual biblical application of whatever's going on in the culture today. And so today we we're, we're going to be talking about a wonderful new tool that's going to help you and help your pastor. It's going to help you find a good church, and if you're in a good church, it's going to help your pastor and your church advertise to the community. Uh, that it is a great place for people to, to be able to come to. So uh, be sure to check out our website today, wallbuilders.com. Make that one-time or monthly contribution there. But thrilled to have you with us today here on Wallbuilders. Neil Mammon with us, author of Jesus Was and Is, Involved in Politics, Why Aren't You, Why Isn't Your Church, and a fantastic new tool. I get asked almost every day from somebody somewhere in the country, either one of our constitution coaches, a listener to the program, whatever it might be, man, I cannot find a non-woke church in my community. Well, Neil has got a great tool that we're going to be telling you about today, mychurchfinder.org. Neil, God bless you, man. Great to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What an honor. Man, I am super excited about this tool because, like I said, I get asked all the time, and of course, you know, we used to have a Black Road Regiment website and and a map on there with with churches where, you know, uh, with uh, churches that had you know basically said I want to be uh, on there. But what you guys are doing takes it another step further. You're you're basically like the George Barna of of church finding because you actually get these churches and pastors uh, to fill out questionnaires and you really identify where they are on on biblical issues. So this is super cool and and very much needed. And, uh, and I'm just thrilled to have you on because we've shared the stage a couple of times and seen each other at various events. And I remember walking into an event uh, you were speaking at in, uh, in Idaho, I don't know, a year or two ago. And as you're giving the presentation, I'm like, who is this guy? I need to know this guy. <laughs> and uh, so, man, I've been wanting to connect with you more and get you on the program. It's just, it's just cool to have you, brother. Thank you. I'm, I'm, it's, it's great. You know, I've, we've known about uh, your ministry through lots of different people that keep telling us, oh, you know, you need to go to... Patriot Academy, you need to connect with Rick, and so it was great to actually meet you in person. So, God bless you for what you're doing. <laughs> I still have your clicker, and I'm not giving it back uh, for our <laughs> listeners. Uh, and Neil loaned me his uh, his his remote. I could not find mine. He's like, "Hey, man, just use mine. You can have it." And it's been a more than a year, and I still have it. So, thank you. It's working out great. <laughs> so, uh, and, and by the way, for our listeners, a little bit of your background. You're an engineer. Uh, got tons of patents, all that kind of stuff. So you're kind of like. 
our founder, David Barton, who came out of, he was very much like, you know, science and math and that sort of stuff, not history. And yet, you know, God moved him into this arena 30 years ago. So it's kind of interesting, similar similar type story. So yeah, give us your background, kind of what you do normally yeah. and how you ended up getting so involved in this. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was born in Ghana in Africa and I grew up in Jamaica, Sudan, Yemen, Ethiopia, and my parents are from India. My dad is a professor in physics. Uh, he was, he's not retired. And so I grew up in, and, and uh, to add to that, I grew up in a Marxist family. Wow. I have some very famous Marxists in our family back in India who were in the leadership of the Marxist movement. And even though my family is Christian and they took heritage back to 51 AD when St. Thomas came to India and converted a bunch of pagans. So we date our heritage back and our church is called wow. the Martomba Church. So it's a, it's a long heritage. But the generation, my dad's generation had bought into the whole Marxist philosophy. You know, that's in the, it was in the 1950s and stuff like that. So um, when, um, but my dad, uh, by the time I was about five, my dad had become a Christian and gone back to the faith of his father, <laughs> if you will. And yet I did still have cousins who were uh, communists. And interestingly enough, I had, uh, not cousins, uncles. Uh, I definitely had, I still have cousins who are communists essentially, but um, I had two uncles who were actually considered both Christians and communists. Hmm. Um, and it's a different kind of, it's an interesting combination. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, that's hard to reconcile, but but I guess it, it depends on how biblical you are versus exactly. being Christian. I wonder if that was the difference. Well, the, the difference is they took God's call for taking care of the poor to, and extended it to the government must take care of the poor, uh, which is the yeah. opposite of what God is telling you. The, God, you know, the Bible tells you that, you know, if you look at the story of the Good Samaritan, he doesn't say, I'll go out and get some IRS agents and go beat up your neighbor's <laughs> and collect taxes to pay you for the rest of the money. That's a great way to describe it. Yes. <laughs> you know, he says, I'll pay you the rest of the money. You don't even need to pay any of it. Right. So that's, uh, that was a mistake on that part. But, you know, so anyway, but I, I grew up, I came to America and I was kind of socialistic when I came to America. I got my uh, master's degree uh, in solid state physics and electrical and computer engineering. And then um, started working in Silicon Valley, started a few companies. But all through this thing, I was, uh, through the early days, I was kind of socialistic in my parents. So even though I was a Christian and a believer, I haven't grown up in a, a scientific family. I also tied uh, my faith. It had to be provable. So I would, you know, so in other words, I, I have a ministry called No Blind Faith. We teach apologetics. And that's because of my upbringing with my dad, who was a professor in physics. And so the question was never, is science com uh, opposed to faith? No, science, you use science to shore up your faith, right? You should yeah. have a rational faith, not a blind faith. So I grew up in that, and yet I kept losing all these arguments politically. You know, I was against guns. I thought the government should take care of people, and I kept losing all these arguments. I said, you know, uh, most people it's the other way around. You know, I, I said, you know, I've applied science to my faith. I need to apply it to my politics. <laughs> Look at reason and facts. And, and of course, at, by that point, you know, once you start doing that, you you end up being pretty conservative. <laughs> so what you're saying is if you actually think and use logic, you, there's really only one direction. Exactly. Yeah, there's up. nowhere to go, but yeah. to look, I mean, it, it sounds good. Yeah. We should feed everybody. The government should take money to feed everybody. But then the, uh, the sad thing is the government feeds itself 85% of that money that you That's give it. Right. And then maybe 15% gets to the poor person. Guess what? 
it's in the government's interest to keep more people, poor people from coming so they get more money because 85% right. of, a, you know, a trillion dollars is a lot more than 85% of a billion dollars. So they're going to try shooting for that goal, right? So this yep. this lead led to the fact that I was, I actually became alarmed at what was happening in America. And I looked around and I said, wow, most Christians I know are just like me. They're pretty socialistic in their viewpoint. And so I started teaching people and talking to people and arguing. And I thought, look, uh, in India, the, 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 the Marxists felt that the church needs to be involved in politics as long as they were teaching Marxist policies, right? So, uh, so they, they had no problem with bringing politics into the church. And as you know, the left does that all the time. So when I came here, I was like, well, why isn't the right doing it? Why aren't the conservatives doing this? And it just shocked me. And since I came from outside um, America, it never occurred to me that I should never mix politics and religion. It just never, you know, of course you mix politics and religion. Everybody does. The Muslims do. I grew up in the Middle East, right? So they all, everything is politics and religion. Yeah. Um, and so why aren't we doing it here? And every time I talk to Christians, they either didn't know why, or they would say, well, Jesus was never involved in politics. And I thought, that's interesting. I never thought about whether he was or not. But wh who was he involved with, right? Um, and Literally so, put you on a journey. I mean, that, that, that yeah. led, led you to write the book. Exactly. And so the first thing I realized, I, was sitting, I remember sitting, talking to somebody, he says, well, wait a minute. Who was the governing board in Judea? I mean, if Jesus wanted to get involved, some of you look, he didn't get involved in Roman politics. Well, he wasn't a Roman citizen, right? So he wouldn't get involved in Roman politics. So, so what was he? Well, he was a Jewish citizen. Okay, so well, they, they had politicians. I mean, we know that the Romans were governing Judea, but that didn't mean they ran everything, just like when we were governing Iraq. We didn't run everything. That's our local politics. Just the top level was Pilate, right? So who were the people below? Well, who talked to Pilate? Well, there was a group called the Sanhedrin, and they were the leaders. They were the Jewish legislators. They made the law for Israel. And I go, well, who were the members of the Sanhedrin? And who, what, did, did Jesus ever talk to these people? And suddenly I realized, wait a minute, the members of the Sanhedrin are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And Jesus talked to them all the Boy, time. Boy, did he. He had a lot to say to them, and it wasn't always just sweet, was it? Well, yes, of course. He was. Uh, he was very, very. Uh, he was very, very, very. You know, um, very nice to them, and he always treated them <laughs> right. No, he didn't. He called them very direct with the truth, man. <laughs> right. oh, yeah, you know, whitewashed tombs who will save you from hell. In fact, the very, very concept, uh, the very first time we hear the gospel in the New Testament is when Jesus talks to Senator Nicodemus, who was a politician and a member of the Sanhedrin. And now we see that Jesus was involved in the Sanhedrin and these politics and these politicians and all that. Now, some people say, well, well, no, but he didn't talk about politics. He just talked about religious things. And you say, no, no, actually... He was way beyond that. Most of the time, he says, you've forgotten justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Mm. Well, what kind of justice is he talking about? He's not talking about God's justice. Why would they be involved in God's justice? He was talking about their justice. They were not dealing with people justly. 
And mercy, he wasn't talking about God's mercy to them. He was talking about their mercy to the poor or their mercy to the accused or their mercy in, in, in their laws. And then the final one was faithfulness. Faithfulness to what? Well, faithfulness to God's laws. He said, look, you've taken the real intent of the law and you've twisted it. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You've taken the original intent of God's laws, God's moral laws, and twisted it into something that you've created and that's wrong. So these are what we call a strict uh, constructionist, right? You originalist, go to the original intent of the law. And so all of a sudden you realize, wait, wait, so the law is in this thing. The faithfulness of the law is important. And then you go back to the Old Testament and you look at the Old Testament, you realize all the Old Testament laws are, uh, they're, you know, they're broken up into four groups. So one group is called the moral laws. And the moral laws were given by God to protect us. All laws were given by God to protect us, but the moral laws specifically were given by God to protect us. They're not there for God to feel safe. They're there for us to be safe. And, and so a blessing now, to us, yeah. Yeah. And so now, if we violate God's laws, what will happen here? So if, we're, if we create laws that violate God's moral laws, will our nation prosper? No. Will, our, will there be injustice? Yes. Will people be persecuted? Yes. You know, and that's basically t- taken right out of the Ten Commandments, all the laws like that. And then you realize, wait a minute, when people are persecuted, when people are, when there's injustice, is it the rich who suffer? Is it the wealthy who suffer? No, it's the poor. It's the unjustly treated that suffer. So if you care about the poor, if you care about the persecuted, you have to care about the law that put them there. Amen. Right? And if you go through the history of all mankind and the history of America, you'll see every time there's been a group of people that have been persecuted, genuinely persecuted, I'm not talking about BLM, right? Um, because we, we, we have a response to BLM, a proper response to BLM. But I'm talking about the people who have been genuinely, that the slaves, right? Genuinely persecuted. What was God's laws that freed them? Because the Bible says that all men are created equal. And it was Christians who freed them, right? So you go through all this and you go, whoa! So... So God is interested in politics. Jesus is interested in politics. Jesus does care about the poor. Jesus does care about the, you know, uh, there's no way you can say he wasn't involved in politics. And so that, right. and so I was immediately I was like, well, I got to call the book Jesus is involved in politics. Why aren't you? <laughs> and then Man. I said, well, oh, wait. And then the more research I did, I realized that the real reason we're in trouble is because our churches are not involved in politics. And so that came the next line. Why aren't you? Why isn't your church? which is the name of the book, uh, because if the churches were involved politically, we could change America and bring Amen. it back to a righteous path. Right? Amen. Amen. That's, that's just it. Without that salt, man, the, yeah. the, the, meat, the meat is spoiling. And, and if the salt goes, you know, gets back to preserving the meat, it'll bring out the best flavor for everybody. That's the, that's, that's the church doing its, doing its job. All right, quick break. Neil Mammon, our special guest, the website you need to check it out today mychurchfinder.org. Stay with us if you're listening to Wobblers. Hi, friends. This is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even Hebrews of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outlined the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. 
collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wallbuilders. Thanks for staying with us. Neil Mamman, our guest, mychurchfinder.org is the website. Uh, and, and Neil, we were just talking about the you know salt and light. The church needs to be salt and light, and when you're salt, it, it, it preserves the meat. It it brings out the best flavor in the meat that blesses everybody, yeah. which is really the whole point of of my church finder is is people need churches that are you know not only being salt and light but they're equipping the saints in their church to go be salt and light themselves. Not only are the pastors standing up, but they're but, encouraging exactly. the people in the so church. So this brings bring brought me to the next time. This is a natural thing. It was interesting because it only happened this year. Um, a good friend of our, Dran Reese, who runs the Salt and Light Ministry, yeah. met up with Roger Ellswick, who is a, um, who is a, um, uh, he has f- seven auto dealerships in the Texas, Louisiana area. Great guy. And yeah. he had contacted Dran and said, hey, I want to do this website. And, and Dran said, well, you need to talk to Neil. So Roger called me up and we started on this website. And, and there, was, there was a bunch of things that we noted on the website. One, if we're, if people are in a church that is not biblically sound and they're tithing to it, they're enabling the enemy. Ooh, right? yeah. So if they're woke or something, then. But the second part of that is if they are in a church that is biblically sound, but is not involved in stopping the tide that we're seeing, you know, the Great Reset, the George Soros's, the, um, all the evil, the wokeness and all that, then you're still enabling the enemy indirectly yeah so what we so what roger said is we've got to find a way where we identify three major things and so the, if you go to mychurchfinder.org you can enter your zip code and you can look for a church in your area that meets these requirements the first requirement is it has to be biblically sound but that is the lowest requirement if you don't if you're not biblically sound um you you get a would not recommend rating the second requirement is that you're not woke so you're talking about CRT, you're talking about all these different uh, things that are coming up. You're talking uh, how, you know, you're teaching against homosexuality and transgenderism and all these things. So you're preaching the, the truth of God's word, moral law. So that's two. And if you do that, then you get a, um, you get a better rating. And then if you do all three things, which is, and the, we think just as important, is that you are politically active. That means your pastor talks about political issues. He teaches sermons on the importance of voting. He talks, he tries to get you out to register to vote. He tries to get people out to be, to go door to door, to be activists. Then you get the best rating. So the three ratings are, or four ratings are, one would not recommend you're not biblically sound. C, which is the lowest rating, is you're only biblically sound, but you aren't any of the other two. B is you are biblically sound and you're politically active or not woke, right? Uh, and I, I shouldn't say not woke, but you're culturally aware. We assume yeah. you're not woke, and because if you're woke, then you get a, would not recommend. But we assume that you're uh, cult- you're culturally sound, meaning that you actually teach about wokeness. But to get the A rating, you have to do all three. You have to be biblically sound. You have to be culturally aware and teach about wokeness and things like that. And number 
uh, and you have to be politically active. We've got tons of pastors that, that listen to the program, tons of, of leaders in, in churches that listen to the program, tons of active people in churches across the country. Uh, how do they get their church on the website? Exactly. So if you're listening to this, go to mychurchfinder.org, and you'll, if you're a pastor, there'll be an option to click that says register your church. If you're not a pastor, but you go to one of these churches, there's a send my pastor an email option. Click on that, and it says enter your pastor's name, enter your pastor's email, and if you don't have your pastor's email, just go to the website, and there'll be a contact or something. You can punch that in. And then what happens is the system will automatically send your pastor an email saying, so-and-so has requested that you fill out the information on mychurchfinder.org. And uh, then the pastor goes to the website, he clicks on it, he registers. And there are 45 questions that we use to, to identify where your church stands. Now, we don't think we'll get too many Bs and Cs, right? Because um, they're not going to fill it out if they know they're that. They're not going to fill it out. So it's, self, <laughs> right. it's self-filtering in many ways, right? Right. <laughs> But, and, and and for the you know in, in a lot of our of course our, our biblical citizenship modern America class is being taught in thousands of churches across the country. So those churches we really do want them to get added to the website as, as quick as possible. If a pastor's listening today, or when we send this out to to our coaches across the country and they take it to their to their pastor, um, what would be a, just an estimate? If I say to, you know because these guys are all busy, so if I say to them, hey man. Just 15 minutes. Just spend 15 yeah, minutes. It's about 15 is that, minutes. Is that fair? Or is it but yeah, 30 minutes? Yeah. What would you rec- say it takes no, for I'd them to do it? No, I'd say 15 minutes is probably fair. There's, there's 45 questions, but you could glance at them click. I mean, it'll take you maybe 10 seconds per question at the most. Yeah. Right? You do the okay, reading gotcha. and click. Yeah, reading and click, right? Um, and then it just, I mean, they're deep questions, but if you're a pastor, you, you, know, you yeah, shouldn't know yeah, yeah, this yeah. stuff, for, right? For them, it should be no-brainer. Get it, get yeah, it, yeah. especially the ones that that we're wanting to get on yeah, the this ones site. That we're for, talking about. They should right. know. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course, right? Yeah, you know. Um, and, and you guys just launched this. I mean, this is this really, is brand new. So pastors out there that want to attract active members of their church and people that want to have an impact in the culture, what a great tool for them to 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 get exactly. on this. And we're going to be. I mean, not only you guys, but us and others. We're going to be promoting this like crazy. So if you're a pastor sitting out there, you got to be saying, I better get on this website. Or, or yeah, I mean, people will find my church. Let me give you another good reason to fill it out. I mean, so once we started this, we were like, well, let's find out how many people actually search for churches every month. And we found out that some, there's something like 1.7 million searches for churches every month online. Wow. Wow. Just in the United States, 1.7. Now, think about that, though. That 1.7 doesn't represent 1.7 people, million people. That's just one in that family. That really represents probably like 5 million. Yeah. Yeah, because that's just the dad or the mom, usually a mom probably. And most of the churches are done Sunday morning, by the way, like at 9 (laughs) a.m. Right. Right. Like, I need to, we need a church. We had a big fight yesterday. We need to go to church. Let's find a church, right? (laughs) Right, right. <laughs> they punch it in, or they're moving, or they're going to a new state, or they're visiting, right? Whatever, you'll find, they want to find a church. So there's 5 million people looking for your church, and here's what the exciting thing is. The liberal churches are dying, right? From In the last 20 years, liberal churches have lost 50% of their audience. The conservative churches have grown by 75%. Some of the more conservative churches have grown by 175%. And the churches that took a stand during COVID have exploded. Like my, the church I was attending in San Jose, Pastor Mike McClure's church, Calvary Chapel, San Jose, we went literally from 250 people to almost 3,000 people in eight months over COVID, during COVID, because we refused to shut down. 
Wow. So churches are exploding. And here's the other exciting thing. If you look at the rate of growth of conservative churches, we are growing faster than the population of the United States is growing. Interesting. Man. So there are good reasons to be on this website because there are people yeah. who are coming to Christ and looking for churches, right? Amen. Amen. They're um, hungry. The, you know, this is definitely a, the, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few and, and people are hungry. They're looking and they can't, fi- they can't find you, pastors. I'm just telling you, they can't find you. They, they call us all the time looking for you. And, and Neil and Roger and Dran have, have created a tool here that uh, will really, I, I think, be very effective in strengthening our, our churches and meeting the need uh, for these folks. And of course, Neil, as you're saying, I mean, there's a lot of people that they either they just got saved or they just know they they know they need to be in a in a church. Right. They know they're they're looking. And then there's a ton that are looking to to change because they're tired of the woke stuff out of yeah. The, they're out in of the a woke church. The pastor just came out and, and you know supported Hamas. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I'm oh here. my goodness, it's crazy, man! I'm telling you, it is that crazy. It is absolutely, man. I hate to, I hate to end this because this is so good, Neil. We got to get you back. Would love to well, do more you. with you. Really encourage people to to get your book, to go to the to, to mychurchfinder.org and uh, get your church registered. Um, last thing before we, where do they? Where, what's the best place? Where do you like to send people for the book? I know you can get it at Amazon and, and bookstores. Yeah, yeah. But, so it's Amazon, but the, the easiest place is go to uh, mychurchfinder.org and look at resources. Okay, perfect. And under resources, you'll see a link for the book and a link to the video that talks about the background and everything. And my Excellent. recommendation is if you if you can get the word out there, then start a small group with the book and stuff like that, because people need to be educated. There's a lot of things that people don't understand about America, which is amazing. And I found out as an immigrant because I had to study to become a U.S. citizen. And it just opened up a world that most of my American friends had no idea existed. I was like, mm. did you know this about the Constitution? They're like, no. Like, let me give you one quick one. The Constitution, people says, talk about constitutional rights all the time. But the Constitution doesn't give you any rights. There are no constitutional rights. You never had constitutional rights. It doesn't. The Constitution is a list of negative rights. It tells the government what it cannot do to That's violate right. your rights. So where do your yes. rights come from? You only have God-given rights. God and given. the book explains Amen. why only God can give you rights. Amen. Ah, so good, so good. I also see as as you were saying that I was uh, clicking through to the books. You see, you got my friend Frank Turk's book on there as well, oh, Legislating yeah. Morality. So, two great ones there, Neil. Man, God bless you, man. Y'all keep up the great work, and let's get you back again soon. Correct. Looking forward to it. Mychurchfinder.org, folks. Mychurchfinder.org. Don't just go to the website. Send it out to your friends and family. I'm telling you, you got people in your life that are looking for this, and it'll end up being a great tool, and it'll be a great tool for your church. Send it to your pastor. Thanks for listening today, folks. You've been listening to Wall Builders. Stand undivided